Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. It's Mark Bennett. Where, where have you been, Mark? Mark, we need it. Your nasally leprechaun voice blaring into our ears. Where have you been for so many weeks? Well, Johnny asks a lot. Got a new baby. Oh, a new baby. Oh, so the miracle of life. Guys, I'm sitting in the front of the XC60 recording studio because uh, backseat is full. Full of kids. I mean, they're not here right now. They are, the car seats are there, though. I mean, honest to God. You guys, you guys have heard me bleed on about cars and babies before, but what are you going to do? You literally, you should get like one of those mini school buses. I mean, yellow and all. You might as well. You know, the ones where the, where the kids who wear the helmets go to school. Get, get yourself one of those. Because there's no room to put anyone anywhere. The idea. Like these things, they weigh so little. You know, we got, we got the new one. He's eight pounds. He came out five pounds. Five pounds, nine ounces. Small. That's one of the reasons he came out. He was a little bit small, and they were like, hey, let's get out. Let's get him out now, you know? Because there's some kind of growth restriction problem or something. But they, they didn't know really what the problem was, so they just hauled him out. And then he started eating like a fatso. Just nuts. Man, oh, man. And he, he started gaining a pound a week. His pediatrician was like, okay, well, you can slow down on the feeding, you know, because uh, this is one fat bastard. Just immediately shot up to, like, first week, full pound. Another week, full pound. And he's leveled off a little bit now. He's only gaining, like, 0.8 of a pound a week. Little fatty. So, anyway, I mean, what are you going to do? Right? You can't get him anywhere. With the strollers and uh, if we were to go visit our family in Ottawa, let's say. I mean, I don't know how we're getting there. I really don't. You know, Sarah in the front seat, me in the front seat, covered, okay? Kids sitting in the back seat, yes, there's enough room for them. And that's it. There's not enough room for anyone else. Just some friggin' anorexic Ethiopian supermodel, maybe, in the middle seat. But I don't know how she's buckling that buckle. I really don't. And yes, I assumed it was a woman, all right? Sorry, me too. It could have been a guy. Anorexic supermodel from Ethiopia who's a guy. Not offensive in any way now, right? So, it's just, that's it. That's all the room you can get. And then, okay, so we, we got a trunk because we, we, we got a small SUV. Or, or the, what do they call The compact? They're just not one of the really big ones because we live in goddamn Toronto. Do you know how hard it is to drive around this city with, with this car as is? I already scraped it once, which was not my fault. It was not. It was a friggin'. It was a driveway that was designed for, I don't know what, a moped. And it was a place that we were considering renting because we knew we were going to have a bigger family. Maybe we'll get out of this two-bedroom apartment. No, sir. No dice. Couldn't rent it. We were, we were going to sign the papers for that friggin' thing. Couldn't do it because it couldn't get in a goddamn driveway. So anyway, that's why we didn't get a bigger car. We got the biggest one where we thought we can fit two kids into it and uh it's it's also my recording studio so you got the trunk spacious sure especially put your seats down which we cannot so now what you got one stroller that's it trunk's done 
So one of the kids gets a stroller. One of them does not. You got to choose which kid do you like more? Which one do you want to make walk? Which one do you want to put in a little seat like a prince? Hmm? Luggage, forget it. Whatever clothes you're wearing, you just rewash them over and over again. They're covered in kid vomit anyway. Oh, man, do they vomit. This new one spits up more. But, of course, you, you heard about all the eating he does. Little fat bastard. Let me tell you something. I've heard some kids scream before. And uh, I'm sure, I'm sure other kids have a loud cry as well. But this new one, James. Oh, jumping. It is, like my wife described it, and she's correct. It sounds exactly like a peacock. I don't know if you guys have been around peacocks, but I have. Because my wife grew up in Africa, all right? And I also went to um, uh, Jamaica once. And there were, there were peacocks on the all-inclusive resort. <laughs> That's, the, the other one sounded better. Yeah, I sounded like a world traveler. I was in Africa amongst the peacocks. It's like, ah, oh, just... Now the second one was like, I'm a rich white guy. Just going to all-inclusive resorts. And they had, they had peacocks adorning the land. Just for my amusement. Anyway, it shrieks. It goes, Rah! I didn't want to do it too loud. I don't want to, you know, burst your earballs. But uh, almost like like a pterodactyl on fire is what it sounds like. And this is this kid's cry. That's it. And that's his only mode. He doesn't he doesn't just go into it. It's not a build up. There's no like oh, I'm crying a little bit and then it just it, it starts. He's like a Tesla. He's like zero to eighty in half a second. Jesus. And you hate to say to the kid, shut your face. It's so annoying. Shut up. But but you do. The thing is, he doesn't know English yet, right? So, you know. You just you just don't say it in an aggressive tone. All they understand is tone. But you're like, hey, shut your fucking mouth. Could you? So loud. But I get it. It's a survival mechanism. The kid is smart. Because we were set to ignore him. We were going to ignore this fucking kid. Honest to God. Because the first one, we, we, we doted on him, right? You know, it's the doctors and shit. They make you paranoid in the books. You know, the books, hey, you want your kid to grow up and not be a serial killer? Here's how to do it. You just, when he cries, a baby, an infant, is not trying to manipulate you. When they cry, they need something. And you must be attentive to their needs or they will have attachment issues and they will have security issues and confidence issues and they will grow up and murder everyone. So we're reading these goddamn books and we're listening to our goddamn doctors and they're all so paranoid. Every time Sam, the first one, would stir, we'd pick him up. Pick him up. It's okay. It's okay. Don't shoot people from a clock tower. Everything's fine. What do you need? Do you want do you want us to bounce you on a yoga ball for 19 hours in a row? Okay, let's do that. So this is what we did. So this new one. But what what the thing is, for you parents to be out there, babies will fuss every 40 minutes or so. It's a sleep transition. I know some of you know it, but let me tell you something. It's real. All right? They they'll fuss a bit and they'll cry a little bit. And then they'll, they'll turn over and they'll go to sleep. Oh, all humans do it. We all have sleep cycles. And we wake up a little tiny bit, like every 40, 45 minutes. And we go back to sleep. 
So the babies, their sleep transition's more more pronounced. And if, with the first one, we kept picking them up during the sleep transition. This is our theory, anyway, of why, why he was such a terrible sleeper. And then that was it. He wouldn't, so he would sleep in 30, 40 minute chunks and that, and then he'd be up all night long and it was murder. We, we were a, we were a basket case. We were, the two of us combined were one basket case. We, it was so, uh, like depression, whatever you, however you want to phrase it. When you have no sleep for six months, because that was the case, we had to sleep train him. We didn't want to, but we had to because he wasn't sleeping and he was, he looked like a heroin addict. So what are you going to do, right? We had to, we, so this time around, we're like, let me tell you something, James. We're ignoring the shit out of you, all right? You fuss, you cry. We're like, whatever, buddy. Forget about it. Go back to sleep. We know this game, all right? We are veterans. We're goddamn veterans. We know, we know. We know how this goes. We're Tom Brady. We've been in the league a long time. So this new kid, he ups the game. He's like, oh, yeah? Check it out. Watch this shit. Try to ignore. Try that. He just, he could tell. He was like, I'm the second. And uh, we're going we're gonna to have to get their attention. Oh, and buddy, he did. And he does. Oh, Lord, Lipton cup of soup. That is one loud baby. Hats off to him, man. Survive. That's how you do it, baby. You got to survive. You got to scream until your parents pick you up. He's, uh, I don't know. Uh, oh, this is going to be a terrible podcast probably because I'm tired. I'm also fasting. Still doing it. Still fasting, guys. I, I stopped the meat diet. A lot of you thought maybe I haven't been doing the podcast because I died of a meat diet. And that's fair. And I may do I may do it again for another few weeks. I really may. Because uh, I got to tell you, I felt pretty good. Felt pretty good. And uh, I also started sh- sh- shredding the fat. The fat just started melting off me. Because I was also in ketosis. So I was using stored fat for energy. You know, I'm piling in protein. Going to the gym once in a while. I wasn't even hitting the gym hard. It started to look good. It started to feel good. You know? It's like Fidel Sassoon. When you look good, you feel good. Is that was that their slogan? Or was that the guy from Saturday Night Live? I can't remember. Vidal Sassoon's was if if you don't look good, we don't look good. You know what? They shouldn't have gone negative. Now that I think about it, they should have said, if you look good, we look good. And maybe they did. That commercial was from nineteen eighty six. I can't exactly remember. It's clear that I watched too much TV in my lifetime. Quoting Vidal Sassoon commercials from the mid-80s. I'm going to try to not have that happen with the new children. Oh, the social medias and the, the screen times. The kids, are, the kids are insane these days. So we're sending Sam to uh, nursery school. You know, you guys know, long-time listeners, long-time listeners to the podcast, you guys know that um, we started sending Sam to daycare, to nursery school, my wife likes to say. It's not daycare. It's not a babysitting. It's nursery school. They learn things. So we um sending him to nursery school, and uh, he loves it there. He pretends he doesn't. He says in the morning, I don't want to go. 
but you can see on his face, he's like, he's putting on his shoes. He's like, I, I don't want to go. Uh, hey, where's my, where's my jacket? Uh, yeah, yeah, grab the book bag. I, I really don't want to go. No protest, other than verbally. He's just, he's just going through the motions. He clearly wants to go, especially now, because there's the baby screaming. Every time James screams, Sam covers his ears, which is smart, and we should be doing the same thing. And uh, my, my thing is, I just want to, I, I leave. I leave as much as I can. Uh, when Sam is at home, I take him and we go out. Even if it's snowing, which it still is in Canada in the middle of April. Oh, the end of April now. Oh, I also had a birthday. Let's talk about that too. Guys, so much to talk about. But I also have to pick up my son in 20 minutes. So this podcast has 20 minutes left. It's not going to be that long of a podcast. Oh, well, what are you going to do? You got to get it done. This is one of those podcasts where I, it's been a while because with the baby and whatnot, and it's sort of like a, like the gym, you know? Sometimes you just got to go get a shitty workout done just to get started, you know? You, you, you took a month off because you got sick, you got injured, or you just, you're just too fat and lazy to go, so you just go that one time and just, just pound it out. The worst type of workout. That's what this podcast is. This is why the quality's so bad. <laughs> I got to get it done. I got to get it done. I got to tell you guys about the new bundle of joy. The bundle of shrieking joy. What was it talking about? Yeah, we send in. So, yeah, I just take Sam and, and we go put on our snow pants if we have to. And uh, and he's happy to do it. He said, yeah, Papa, let's just get out of this goddamn house. There's this den of noise. And um, the place is filthy. Just filthy. Our two-bedroom apartment is um, we just we just hired a cleaner. So right now she's up cleaning, doing her best, cleaning the apartment. And uh, I use this opportunity to do a podcast. That's another thing. I haven't had time to do a podcast. Guys, I'm so busy. No, but it's just, you know, my, my friend Dennis was over uh, last night to watch the hockey game. And by watch the hockey game, I mean we sort of had it on in the background while me and Sarah tried to quiet two children and my friend Dennis regretted coming over. That was that was how we watched the hockey game. No idea. Toronto was the game seven of the Toronto, where Toronto lost, which of course, of course they did. They always lose their game sevens. But um, anyway, my friend was saying that even if you have a minute to do something, you just feel too guilty. He also has two kids, so it's like, how is he going to leave his house? You know, and leave his wife with two kids, uh, at one, at least one of whom is losing their mind. Usually both, but at least one of them is freaking out. You need two people. I don't know how people have more than two kids, especially like two young kids. I have no idea. If you have three young kids, what the what the hell is wrong with you? Jesus Christ. So anyway. You feel too guilty about doing a thing. I went out. I was try- I'm trying to film this documentary series on Canadian stand-up comics, guys. I- I'm-, I'm making an effort at life. You know, I'm still trying. You know, even though my bones are disappearing, still trying at life. That's another reason I'm going to the gym. You know, and now I'm- I got this meat diet going. Go- uh, I-, I work out. I fast. I work out while I fast. Then I, I'm- I eat a pile of meat probably die of a heart attack and it doesn't matter what matters is i'll leave a good-looking corpse huh that's what matters so 
you feel like you don't have a second. I'm filming this documentary. I'm trying. And there's a guy, he's in town. He's in town from Los Angeles. Uh, his name is Alex Nussbaum. I don't know why I'm not telling you, because I'll, I'll try to publish an episode on this guy. He, he's, uh, he's got three uh, albums out. He's always been a very funny Toronto comedian. He moved to L.A. He works uh, you know, in film and production down there. And then he also does stand-up. And um, he's one of those guys that, you know, if, if he had done in the States what he did up here, he'd be, he'd be famous. So I'm like, this is, this is the type of guy that I would like to showcase on this, on this documentary thing I'm doing, right? So I go out, I tape him, you know, and then uh, my buddy's also on the show, Daryl Purvis, who is going to be on the documentary as well. It's going to be a series of them, small YouTube-like documentaries, and perhaps I'll put them together in a larger form, and maybe I'll sell it to one of these networks, one of these Crave TVs or something like that. I'll be a mogul, guys, a mogul. Although, let me tell you something, I'm not doing any more work. No more work. I like the amount of work I do now, which is very little. I, I like it. I was saying to my buddy who was over about the hockey game, I'll get back to the documentary in a second, and I was saying, these people, these the rocks of the world, the, the Mark Wahlbergs, go fuck yourself. Jesus Christ. I just, do, 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 do. Why? Why? What kind of life is that? Are you having a great time? I am. <laughs> maybe, maybe you are. You know, that you, you have, maybe, maybe it's fantastic not to have one single personal relationship or to sit down and watch a basketball game. Maybe, maybe it's wonderful to be waking up at 4 a.m. so you can get a nine-hour workout in and so you can go home, take a shit, you know, kick your kid in the face on the way out of the door because he's in the way and you got a movie to shoot. You know, like Wahlberg has kids, but does he? Does he? He published his schedule on Instagram or something and a lot of people were saying, this makes no sense. Talking about playing nine holes of golf from 840 to 845. People were like, "Is, is the golf course in your living room which it might be with mark Wahlberg, it's very possible but in in there you know like where where are you seeing your family what kind of life is that i need more things more money more power everybody's such an idiot that's what you realize when you're 40 41 i'm doing a whole thing about how dreams are stupid most dreams are stupid because when people say, you just go out there, follow your bliss, fulfill your dreams, what they're talking about, generally speaking, is very selfish shit. Getting your face on TV. Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm no exception. I wanted to be a stand-up comic. I wanted to be Chandler Bing when I was 17 years old. I wanted to get my stupid face on TV, make people laugh all the time. Why do I want to make people laugh? That's altruistic. No, it isn't. I want to make them laugh because that makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm important, that, that I have value. Because look at everybody laughing at me. Look at what I could do. You know? And now I'm older, and uh, I'm still not much better. I just know that the things I like are stupid. You know, that's the first step right there. It's like I should start like an AA program for people's dreams. The first step is admitting it's stupid. After that, like, Don't get me wrong. If your dream is to cure cancer, you know, help kids with polio... Shit, you know that your dreams aren't stupid. There are people who don't have stupid dreams, but most people do. You know, I just, I will just go out there, man. You write that play. You know, you can act. 
It's just you. I I make purses. These are all stupid things. You know. Oh, I, I love wrestling. I wrestle all over the world. Did you? That's stupid. That's a stupid thing to do. You know. I'm not saying don't do it. You can. You can go out. Look, look at me. What I do is stupid, but I keep doing it because I like it. I'm not saying you can't like stupid things, but don't try to think that they're important, you know? And don't do them if that's all you do. Do your stupid things, but the things that aren't stupid, like your, your, your personal relationships, your family, you know, your kids, these things are more important than your stupid dreams. Like people are always like, oh, my kids killed my dreams. That's because your dreams were dumb and your kids are important. So stop being dumb. You know, you, you don't, kids don't kill an important dream. You know, you, if you come up with a new vaccine, you know, I'm sure those scientists didn't just, well, my kid was born and I just stopped, you know, going to the lab. No. You weren't able to run around with Paris Hilton and Perez Hilton and other forms of Hiltons. How much time do I got here? Oh, I still got 10 minutes. 10 more minutes of this, which is all over. The, anyway, filming the documentary. And uh, my buddy Daryl, he's there. So I'm sitting with Alex. I'm sitting with Daryl. And then I have a beer. Yeah, you heard me right. Show's over. Already been gone. I've already been gone since uh, 8 p.m. All right? I put Sam to bed. Sarah's got James wrapped up in some kind of fucking wrap, trying to keep him quiet. And uh, that's the thing. Oh, my God. They wake each other up all the time. They're not in the same room or anything. It's just Sam is a toddler, so he's loud. And the other baby, I don't have to repeat, is the loudest fucking thing in the world. So they wake each other up constantly. So it's a battle. When one of them's asleep to try to keep the other one quiet. Annie Hoosles. I put Sam to bed. Been a good father. All Sunday. Looking after Sam. Put him to bed. Run out. Top speed. Okay? Film the stand-up comedy. Film the interviews. You know? And then, uh, show's over there like, hey, man, you gonna have a beer? Yeah, sure, I'll have a beer. So I, I had left the house at 8 p.m. And I get back at 10.50. Okay? <laughs> Two hours and 50 minutes. Sarah meets me at the door. She goes, you're pushing your luck, buddy. And I have never heard her say anything like that in my life. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what, what do you mean? She said, Sam is in there stirring. And I can tell he's going to get up. And James is a nightmare. And, and I don't blame her. The woman hasn't had an ounce of sleep in, uh, you know, since the kid was born. So I'm like, look, I just, yeah, I was out for two hours and 50 minutes. And I agree that was a shitty thing to do. And I should have filmed the thing and come right back. I would have been only out for an hour and 40 minutes. So I took an hour and 10 minutes to myself. And that was a mistake. She's not being unreasonable. It's like my friend Dennis said. You're the unreasonable one by trying to do something for yourself. You can't do it. You don't matter anymore. But that being said, 
you find ways to get your things done. Look at this. I'm doing a podcast right now. Why? Because we were smart enough. And by we, I mean Sarah, because I was very against Sam going to daycare. And um, I just felt bad. I thought he would be, you know, really upset, really lonely. I wanted to wait until he was about three. And uh, and it was a bit hard at times. He cried a lot uh, when I was dropping him off the first few times. But apparently, according to the workers there, he stopped the teachers. He stopped uh, crying immediately uh, as soon as I left. And now he just, he goes, he doesn't cry at all. He adjusted seemingly pretty well. They're, they they were very impressed with the teachers. They kept saying, oh, he's adjusting amazing. Well, it's amazing. But, you know, you don't know if they're telling you the truth. But it does seem. Anyway, and because of that, now we have two and a half hours, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So Sarah thought it would be a good idea to hire a cleaner because we don't we don't like cleaning. We're not good at cleaning. And, um, you know, our lives are chaos. But it makes it worse. It makes it worse when you get a cleaner. Here's the thing. You have to wait for them to show up. They're always late. Something's always wrong. They always got the wrong information. This, this woman today, she was an hour late because the, the app that we used gave her the wrong time. And uh, she also buzzed in three times because she kept forgetting the apartment number because the app didn't give her the apartment number. So, um, and then she shows up and she, she had, Sarah had already started cleaning because since Sam's in daycare, we have two seconds to do something. I'm at the gym. Can you believe it? I'm at the gym. Sarah's cleaning up a little bit. Oh, my God. We're almost human. So this woman comes and she takes over. But she starts in the kitchen. And she stays there for an hour. You're only in our apartment for two hours. You've spent an hour cleaning the surface, the surface area of the kitchen, which is very small. It's an 850-square-foot apartment. There's not a lot of kitchen. So she was just cleaning a counter like a... Like a two-foot counter, seemingly, for an hour. So Sarah had to come out and tell her, like, you got to start doing something. you got to vacuum the floor or something. Jesus Christ, pick up a mop. My, the, the other one, he's coming home, and he's going to desperately need a nap at noon. you got to get out of here. So, and, and it's stressful. So, like, if you're going to work... Fine, hire a cleaner, get a key. Hopefully they don't rob you blind. But you get a key, you, you, they clean it up, you come home, it's all done. But when you're staying at home, oh my God, because I I used to tell Sarah this all the time, because she used to go to work and she would never understand how why I would complain so much about having a cleaner come in. I'm like, it's just so stressful. You got to wait for them like you're just... So you got to get Sam ready to go somewhere because you can't stay in the apartment while they clean it because it's loud and messy and awkward. So, you know, plus with the new Me Too era, right? You don't want to be accused of anything. So I uh, I get Sam ready to go. And so the cleaner's supposed to come at 9. We put his boots on. We got we got him ready to go. 9, no, don't come. Oh, we forgot today. Or, oh, it's, can we come at 9.45? Oh, hey, can we come at 10.30? And, like, I'm talking about, like, many, many different companies. It's just it's always the same thing, you know? Because there's no, I don't know, there's no real set schedules and routine. They're, they're cleaning, you know, house to house to house. You know, sometimes things take longer. Sometimes they don't, they don't take as long. You know, sometimes there's a screw-up. Sometimes someone calls in sick. All of a sudden, the whole thing is a fucking, it's all over the map. 
So you're waiting around. It's always sporadic. Then they show up and you have to bolt. And then you have to be out for a certain amount of time. And you come back and they're still there. So you go back out again. The the kid is yelling, I just want to go home and have a peanut butter sandwich. You're like, you can't. They're cleaning. We got to sit in the stairwell. We got to wait. And it's just like, it's just so much easier to do it yourself. But we haven't been able to. Because, you know, Sam hates the vacuum. He screams, and and I don't blame him. It's very loud, and we have a small place. You know, or he's taking a nap, or he's in bed. And other than that, we're tending to two children. When when do you have time to clean? So now he's in nursery school. You know, we have a bit of time. And so it was foolish to call someone. What we should have done is used our three hours today and cleaned. So this is what we're going to start doing, you know? It's what you got to do. You got to figure out. And then once the place gets in order, because it's not like you have to clean every day, guys. It's just our place is it's a pigsty right now. So once we get it in order, right, then you do little maintenance. Now, let's say I do that one hour, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm one hour of maintenance. Now maybe I'll go film some uh, B-roll, some, uh, some of my talking head stuff for my documentary. Maybe I take my new cameras that I got for my birthday and I film some shit, right? And uh, who knows? Maybe one day I'll actually be able to go out and do another set of stand-up comedy. That's what you do. You just you figure out that the stuff you thought was important is stupid, Right? but that you like doing your stupid shit. Okay. And then you find a way to make it happen. Let me tell you something. If you are out there and you have no children and you think you don't have any time, you're the wrongest fucking person in the world. Wrongest. All right? You have nothing but time. It amazes me. It amazes me. I'm all I'm in awe of how little I got done in my life prior to having kids. I had I had all day to do everything. And I got nothing done. I do more now than I did then. And I don't mean just in general, I mean for myself. Like yeah, the work you're doing for the kids it's night and day. I, I, it's like, I, I went from someone who does nothing for myself or others to a guy who's constantly tending to two children and getting more of his own work done than usual. And I don't know how that happened. And I am not suggesting that if you're lazy and you don't get a lot done that you should have two children. That is not my suggestion. Well, I'm like, what I'm saying is just Just get your shit together. Start doing something before you have kids. I've already got speeches planned for Sam and James about how much shit they need to get done before they're 30. That, so many speeches, you know? Some of them revolve around hot European women, yes. Yes, they do. And some of them revolve around just get your own stuff done. Because what you'll be able to do is coast and maintain Right. You'll be able to let's say let's say you um, were Chandler Bing and you got a TV show and you did well. You know, Matthew Perry. Let's use Matthew Perry. You can get, you know, 
You can have a family and stuff like that. And then you can keep your work coasting. But you can't go be Matthew Perry from zero when you've got two young kids. You know, you can't be like, yeah, I'm just going to audition all day, every day. I'm going to go to a bunch of stupid things. I'm going to take some acting classes. You know, you're not going to have any time. All right? So I'm like, you go before the age of 30, and you get everything done. You know, like, look at all the, the good people who died at 27. The Jimi Hendrix and the Janis Joplin's and the Kurt Cobain's and the Jim Morrison's, right? We know who they are. They got a lot of shit done. Now, granted, you shouldn't go do drugs and, and kill yourself. You know, don't drink yourself to death at 27. Perhaps there are bad examples. But the point is, they got a lot done before the age of 30, because that's what you need to do. You need to get a lot done before the age of 30. I'm not saying you can't get anything else done. Look at me. Doing more now than usual. But, but I do it and it's with no sleep. And I do it frantically. And I do it with frustration. But it gets done. And I think it'll calm down later as they get a bit older. I said that to my buddy Dennis last night. He was like, no, it'll get worse. Then it'll have real problems. Like real teenage problems. Where you actually have to deal with shit. Right now they're just they're just whining because they're they're two. I was like, yeah, you're right. It's like the opposite of it. It gets better commercials. It gets worse for the parents. All right, I got to go. I got to go uh, pick up my boy Sam and give him a speech about how he should go to university abroad and talk to European ladies. Yep. I tell you, that's just, just a quick, that's just, just to end it. When you are there, you're exotic. All right. I was a pasty, pimply-faced weirdo at 18 years old in university in Newfoundland. It was stupid. I went straight from my hometown to my hometown where, you know, the girls, all the guys look the same. All the girls look the same. So you're competing. You're competing with these, you know, like basically the really good-looking girls and the really awesome girls. They were hanging out with the good-looking, awesome guys. And, uh, you know, that wasn't me. So you need an edge. Now you go over to these European countries. They don't they don't know shit over there. Yeah. They're like, look at that guy. Ooh, I've never seen someone so pasty and white. Right? And you pick up fucking Penelope Cruz. Because she's, she's enamored. With your white pimply face. You're so exotic. Oh, his accent is so good. You know? That's my first piece of advice. And then after that, it's the get everything done before you're 30. I mean, they, they go hand in hand, right? Okay, I got to go pick up my boy. That's not bad. We got a 35-minute podcast in. Uh, thanks so much for listening. I said shut up. Talk to you again soon. Later on.